Hey, I'm Alex. Hey, I'm Parv. And this is China Product. We are two Silicon Valley product managers, and we know how messy it can be. So we're here to talk about the ups and downs of being a PM. It's not always straightforward, but we're here to figure it out together. Okay, so on this week of trying a product, we're going to go through a bunch of different product manager myths, and there's a lot of myths. So I think uh, part off the off the top, what what's the number one myth that you you, you hear all the time? Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I mean, there's just I don't know. Like myths is is a good way of putting it. It's also like just these different different sort of you know、um, stuff that you read about. Like this is the role. This is how it works. Like these like specific one liners that are. Shared out there as if like that's the exact thing in product management, and you know I, I really think like this is a big nice one to talk about here. Like one of the ones that I hear a lot,、um, and we also talked about this、uh, in an episode before, was、um, as a PM you are the CEO of a product. Oh yeah, and it's a good one to talk about because you know you can consider it a myth. I I do consider, but some people kind of like really banked by that statement. Um, just because there was a lot of ambiguity around what a product management like professional does, and this kind of line made it so easy to like give everyone a sense of what a PM could be doing. Yeah, but it's like a marketing. It's a yeah, it、like、is. A, it is good marketing, right? Yeah, I think that's a, that's such a good, like it's such like a it's a way to like rope people into the into it. But then when you get in, you're like, oh, I don't actually own this. I don't actually like. Have all this is just like the way that they wrote people in, kind of convince them about how how great product is. I mean, product is great, but you're not the CEO. Yeah, I mean, CEO is the CEO. The, yeah, the CEO is the CEO, right? They've hired you as a PM for something specific, and that's why I feel like you know I know why why this sort of sentence came around, and and I can see some kind of like relation there, and and it could be a potential real way of describing it, but. In my head, I think it's a myth, and I think you agree、yeah. there as well. It's not. Well, I think I think there's like it's a myth, but also like you are accountable. Like if there's anything that goes wrong with your product, <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe like yeah. your boss is like maybe the board of directors if you were the CEO. Yeah. And like if something goes wrong with your product, like yeah, you're you're accountable. It's up to you to like figure out how to solve it, or you know, for some for your boss or the board of directors to find someone else who can solve the problem. But ultimately. Uh, you are accountable. I mean, CEOs maybe a little. I think people want to be a CEO, so it's like definitely good marketing. But the reality is, like, if it goes wrong, if it breaks, it's up to you to, to solve it. And your boss is kind of the equivalent of the board、yeah. director. So there is a lot of that accountability, but you don't necessarily have the power in all cases, depending on the company, definitely to like figure out what you want to do. Which I think is unique to a CEO position. It's like we want to do this. We're yeah, going to go mean, this direction. There is an overlap, and I think、um, the higher you go in the In sort of the hierarchy or in the organization,、um, the overlap could become more and more. So you are doing some of the things that a CEO might be doing. But I mean, if I look at an early stage PM or like someone who's just joined and like couple of years in already, only for a product management position, that's where I kind of see that overlap being very small. Like, oh yeah, you know, you're、point. not you're not necessarily hiring or firing people. You aren't, as you said, you're not the one who's like setting the stage for.、Mm-hmm. The complete strategy or like new product,、um, you know, launches or market emerging market sort of looking at new markets for products. But 
you know, that's where I feel like at that point, you're a product manager. Yes, you do have accountability, but you're f- working on a specific feature yeah. or a specific piece of a product. And the mandate is from up high. It's yeah, not, and the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so I think at that stage, definitely very low overlap. Mm-hmm. And I just hope like when we hear this concept of CEO of a product, like people walk in with like, you know, hey, I'm a CEO of a product. Like, listen to me, like, I am going to be the one dictating everything that needs to happen. Yeah, that's how you get everyone to walk away and not not listen to you and you don't do anything. Exactly. That's where I feel like, you know, I really want to say, like, it's a myth. There is an overlap at some point of time in a product management career, the higher you move up. But, like, I don't think it's the sense that you want to walk into this role with is like, yeah, I'm the CEO, like, yeah, listen for, to me or GDFO. First time, first time PM walks in, is like, yeah, I'm the CEO. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I know it's gonna work, but oh. yeah, I think that's a good point. Like, the higher you go, you definitely have a lot more accountability. You have a lot more responsibility to determine direction, and it is a lot more similar. Yeah, but not not from day one. Exactly. I think you know. Although I, I do like, I like I like the line. It's fun. It, as you said, it's yeah. good marketing, but. Uh, the first, one of our first myths of oh, product yeah. management. Yeah, I think also like a dangerous myth, myth in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I don't like what what else. I, I know I know there are a couple that come to mind. Any? What's the next one that you think of? I think uh, everyone always. I think a lot of people think that just because your title is product manager, it's like the same thing across different companies. Oh, yeah. But the reality is like the the position is like. Not even comparable across different companies. Even like a startup and a big company, product management is of course completely different. The responsibilities you have, how down in the trenches you are. But even from big company to big company, it's a completely different role with the same title. Like the title yeah. in some cases is just completely a mis- misnomer. It's not even <laughs> like the same thing. Like sometimes you're, at, I think there's one company where you're a project manager, but they call it product manager. So there's like, like the title variation, but there's also like just the role itself is completely different. Yeah, no, that's such a good one. It, especially me, like when I went into PM for the first time in my first company, I was thinking of it like, okay, this is how product manager is going to be across the board. Like if I move to another company, I'll be doing something very similar. Um, of course, I knew there'd be nuances to the industry, to the company, but broad strokes, it's going to be the exact same. And then, of course, moved in from company one to company two, same role, product manager, and I realized like I was doing something very different from what I was doing, you know, um, in my first job. And of course, the baseline structure or the base layer is similar. Like, of course, you're working off of the same mindset and the same principles in some sense. But the way you're executing, some of the roles and responsibilities are just different. Like, you can have a completely different experience as a PM at company A versus company B. And you yeah. would still say, hey, I was I was a PM. Yeah, I think that's actually a good point of also like when you're looking at companies is like try to understand what the position actually is. Yeah. Because like some company, like for me, like I love doing strategy. Like that's my probably my favorite part about being a PM is like figuring out that long-term strategy. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of tech companies where as a PM, you're just not going to touch strategy. That's unless true. you're at those super, super high levels, uh, which are going to take you like a decade or two to, to reach. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, strategy is one of those. Um, and then even different flavors of how involved you are in mm-hmm. different aspects, right? Like, as you said, strategy is one. Um, I think in my previous company, I was, um, I mean, I was involved in user research, but there was a part of me that wasn't in the trenches with like the um, candidate hiring or yeah. setting up of the surveys or the experiments uh, in that sense. But, you know, next company, I had more opportunity to sort of step in there um, and again, still a PM, you yeah. know, so it's like, 
how deep you can get into those different aspects of the entire sort of product lifecycle um, also varies across different companies. Yeah, yeah. And like how much like some companies allow you to do, like like to your point, like user research. Like some companies won't even let you like talk to candidates or even like get yeah. into that part. It's a whole separate organization. Like the analytics, like everything is kind of yeah. siloed off and you just kind of, you know, reach out to these folks and requests, make your request and they yeah. get back to you, but you, you don't really have the ability or even the access to kind of stand up or even work with with them too much. Yeah. It's I mean it's funny because I I look at those, you know, job postings and I see roles and responsibilities yeah. and they're just they seem so similar and mm. you can still get a sense of yeah, it's going to be the same job, you know, it's the same cookie cutter information of what a PM is doing and I guess it is true, but no one really and it's hard to capture that nuance of your company's product culture. In a job, also, I feel like the recruiters are the ones making these job postings, so they're also generic. You maybe. have to like actually talk to somebody to figure out, or like maybe read blog posts or yeah. listen to podcasts, like to That's figure true. out what the actual like boots on the ground product <laughs> management. Also, it varies between teams. Like even I mean, oh, across yeah. companies is one thing, but also across I've different heard. teams and companies. So there's a ton of variability just with even within a, a single organization. Yeah, I think I think you know if someone wants to take away something from this myth, it's in your interview. Try and see if you can, you know, get an understanding of the product culture in mm-hmm. your uh, company or in your team, because it's most likely not going to be the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually the interview is like a really good way, especially like how structured they are with product questions yeah. and like that kind of thing is a good way to kind of suss out how much like they actually think about product the way that maybe some like bigger companies do, like how formalized their thinking yeah. is versus a lot of startups. They don't really know what a product manager is. They know they should get one. They don't really know what it is. They don't know how to interview, and you kind of can you can see that in the way that they ask the questions. Yeah, I was I was reading a tweet recently around um, the use of frameworks in interview questions and how even the ones who are assessing uh, the PM candidates, like assessing someone based purely on frameworks versus an actual like understanding of how they fit into like the product manager mindset and things like that. And um, I know we're deviating from the topic, but yeah, I feel like those are some <laughs> of the ways that even you can sort of understand what the PM culture is in an yeah. organization. Like the question they're asking, even yeah. that gets a sense of like how they think about it, um, what they expect from a PM sometimes. Um, yeah. No, I think like it's it's also hard, especially like when you're starting out, like to know how to like even like to, to reach out to a random guy at the random PM at, at the startup you're looking at yeah. or especially if you're going at the startup route, you, you startup route is so, so chaotic <laughs> that a PM, like what they tell you versus what's the reality is going to be so different. So I think, yeah, it's true. The interview is a good way to do it. Maybe reaching out to someone is the most reliable, but it's just such a such a broad uh, kind of role across so many different orgs. But uh, okay, moving on to the next one. Yeah, <laughs> I think we've talked a lot about <laughs> yeah. not the same guys. It's very different. But yeah, what's what's next? Um, let's see. I think the another one that sort of comes up, and we kind of touched upon it again in one of the questions that we got asked was. Um, you think about product management and of course it sort of connects all this back to the user and a lot of the things that come up is that product management it has a high overlap with user experience design like you're it might be the only thing you're doing as a pm is just looking at how the user experience is going to be like designing that and then the question comes up is like so what is there an overlap between jobs and responsibilities of a ux like an experience designer and a pm and I don't know. I, I, in my head, that's like it's a very common myth. Like PMs are mostly just focused on user experience. Yeah, 
Well, I think this goes back to like the different types of PMs. That's true. Because yeah, like I know we. I mean, I'm it. definitely more front end focused, yeah. but there's a lot of PMs who are on the back end, and yeah. their user might be a developer, but it also might be internal internal tools, internal developers. Like again, there's like so much variability that like user experience is really. I mean, I think user experience is always arguably super important, mm-hmm. but there's many different types of users. Yeah. So like how you kind of parse that, whether it's like a developer who's going to integrate with your API that you're working on, whether it's uh, a user is going to integrate with an app, or just use an app. Yeah, and a consumer who's going to swipe left or right. You know, like there's lots of different versions of user experience. That's kind of always what we focus on. But sometimes it's just something has to work. And ultimately, the, there's normally a user involved. I can't think of an example where there isn't a user, yeah. but that user varies a ton, and so so does the role kind of with yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what you were saying is so true, right? It's the degree of how involved. A user experience is part of the the process or the product. Um, you have multiple different features you're building, users you're dealing with, and and building for them. Of course, there are some roles where it's very focused on user experience, and it's a consumer PM role sometimes. But I mean, there's so many avenues where it's it's not. Like I know a lot of people working on platform products, um, especially in the space of like AI ML, where they're potentially dealing with a lot of understanding of the data pipelines or like mm-hmm. how they want the data to be flowing between like two platforms or being ready for like an ML um, sort of um, product as well. And yes, there is some, maybe you can say there is some experience design there a little bit in terms of like the end user who is maybe the data consumer mm-hmm. for an example. But I mean, I, I wouldn't consider that being like a PM is mostly involved in user experience design. Like that's, yeah. That can get very technical very quickly. At yeah. that point, I'm like, I need to know what AI is and I need yeah. to understand how data works. Yeah, I think, yeah, there's there's so much to it. And I mean, yeah, user experience is super important, but there's so many other layers that you kind of have to yeah. peel back, uh, especially for more technical products. And, and I mean, kind of related to this is, you know, there's also that myth of like product management is purely technical. Like mm-hmm. in the same vein, right? Like yeah. someone says it's mostly UX design and there's the other that's, you, it is technical. And it, I think it goes back to just there's so many different types exactly. of product management roles. Yeah. Like there are technical roles, there are more design-oriented roles, there's more kind of maintenance roles. There's just so many different versions that there's no like one yeah. PM. Yeah, no, 100%. You know, we, we did an episode earlier on types of uh, product managers. Mm-hmm. Like folks, feel free to check that one out. We talked through like very different sort of varieties and like responsibilities that a PM has and how that can manifest as different product manager types. Um, I think that's a good episode. Um, if you guys are curious about it, uh, do check it out. Yeah, we're not biased at all. Yeah, not biased at all. It's not a, it's a personal, uh, no personal opinions here. Uh, what else? Like, what's the, um, what's another one, Alex, do you think? Uh, I think the one that always, I, I mean, I'm definitely, I always make this mistake, but I think the the product versus project management. Yeah. I think I didn't realize, when I first started, I wasn't sure what the difference was. And you know they're both PM depending on who yeah. you're talking to. So especially I grew up in DC and like project managers are like everywhere and they're uh-huh. always referred to as PMs. Oh, interesting. So I was gonna just kind of assume they were the same until I kind of got deeper into the into product management. And like, oh, these are very different roles. Except maybe if you're in a startup, then they tend to overlap a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good one, and I feel like that can be its own episode. Oh, just yeah. like product versus project and and the nuances there, but. Yeah, I think that's, it's not the same. Product management is not project management, but to your point, depending on where you're at, state of the company and like other factors, there could be overlaps. You could be doing some of those things in your day-to-day, but 
it's a red flag if your yeah. job. Well, I think yeah, it, it's a it's a red it. flag if you're at a big company. It means that you're you're chronically understaffed. Typically, <laughs> if you're at a startup, there's no other option. So yeah, but I think like project manager is just like making sure that all the resources, all the team members, the design, the engineering yeah. is like adhering to timeline. And honestly, I would say like a good project manager like basically is. Like you're a lot of projects that I've been on basically succeeded or failed because the project manager was good or not. Oh, interesting. Like, but if your like product is like you essentially feed in the requirements, then the team executes on the requirements yeah. and the project manager makes sure everything's on on yeah. time. So if you're having to do both, you're probably gonna be really bad at not really bad, but you're not gonna be you're gonna be much better at one than you are the other. So for me, like I'm not necessarily that organized. So project management you know, it's a, it's not it's not as good as when I'm doing the the requirements alone, and have an actual project manager. So yeah. I think it is very different, and it's I think also different personality types. Yeah, I mean, I feel like for a project manager, like the PM is another stakeholder, mm-hmm. and like we are held to those timelines from a project manager as well. It's not just and, and hounded every day. And yeah, and and because that's the role, right? That's what they're trying to do. That's what they're focused on. That's their task. Like they are really focused on streamlined execution, being able to deliver and being able to sort of get everything together and rolled out. Um, and a PM is just a product manager. Is just one part of the of yeah. the the wheel. It's like I'm trying to think of an analogy here, where like every different function comes together, but then the project manager is kind of like making sure the Well, I guess it's like, the, like a, if you take a building example, right? Like we're like the architect. And then... Oh, interesting. I'm curious. Please keep going. So yeah, we're like the product manager is the architect. We make the plans, we make the specs. And then the project manager is more like maybe the foreman who essentially is coordinating with all the workers, with all the different talent in order to construct everything to the requirements. Interesting. And essentially like the budget, everything being on time is up to the foreman to make sure that everyone kind of worked in unison against the specs. But the architect is, you know, kind of cop- popping in sometimes, checking on everything, making sure it's up to specs. But you know, they're not necessarily too worried because they they trust the, the foreman to execute and to coordinate all the teams and rally everybody around the requirements that they provided. If there's something blocking, then the foreman can reach out to the architect to say, yeah. "Hey, your plans uh, exactly. are wrong. Can you please update them?" Exactly. Please. Which happens. There's uh, an edge case on the stairwell that yeah. you didn't consider. It <laughs> yeah. doesn't go up to floor eleven. Yep, and that that's what the the product manager does. So after essentially the requirements are written, then it's kind of just popping in, you know, working with the project manager, unblocking the team, yeah. and then uh, keep going until the, the building's complete. That's a fun example, the uh, a fun analogy there of the architect and the building. I'm going to think of more. I feel like there's a bunch more. No, I, feel like, I think that's the interesting thing is like there's really product managers and project managers in every in like every company. Like whether you call yourself a product manager or a project manager. The print, the philo- like the there's principle, the, there's the like, philosophy yeah. of like that role. It's the person who made the requirements. There's the person who rallies a team to execute on the requirements, and then there's the people who are actually executing on yeah. the requirements. There's that that organization structure exists in I think every field. And there's a person who made the ingredients, and there's the chefs mm-hmm. who are like interesting. It's a, this is like the yeah. I it's think a more I, philosophical product management question that we can ponder. Yeah. Well, I think another uh, yeah. episode, yeah, Alex. Actually, maybe? that would be yeah, like product, <laughs> your product manager in everyday life. You know. Yeah. The chef. Oh, I don't know if I want to take back product management into my everyday life. Because yeah. oh. when I reach home, I'm like, I'm not making any more decisions you know what at I'm, all. You know, write the ingredients and then write the recipe. Nothing. So then uh, have someone <laughs> cook up for you. Yeah. I, I, once I, I was at home and my wife was like, 
hey, can you mind like, what do you want to do for dinner? I'm like, I made enough decisions today. I'm not going to take this one. It's yours. Yeah. And um, not the right uh, move there. I should that, have, should have, uh, yeah. <laughs> should have made those decisions um, because yeah. I was asked to. But. It's it's tough, you know, you can't go against the uh, CEO when they, when they ask you to make a decision. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, the next one is, um, we kind of alluded to it, but I think another myth is just as a PM, you're just there to like write requirements. I think yeah. <laughs> it's it's a big part. And I think this line itself is kind of misleading. Just even gathering requirements and specification involves, I think, so many more things. Yeah, I think actually that's a, a good, I think a lot of people think that it's just you go into like an ivory tower and you magically come down with these amazing yeah. requirements that yeah. we're just going to all execute on. But yeah. the reality is, very rarely does a PM actually execute or actually come up with the requirements alone. Yeah, like maybe I mean, and you shouldn't. Be. Yeah, you I know, because you, should, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be the subject matter expert. Yeah, I mean, very rarely would the PM be the subject matter expert. Normally, the PM is has an under, a very broad understanding of the platform, of the users, of the business needs, of like everything in general, and then goes to the subject matter expert, whether it's the marketing team, whether it's the engineering team, whoever is kind of the key stakeholder for this this yeah. feature. To then actually plot these requirements, write the requirements to collaboratively, and make sure that they prioritize it so that essentially the P zeros or the main priority is like yep. to get the MVP done. And then there's all these secondary things that you can launch and you essentially align with the rest of the subject matter experts to make yeah. sure it's it's feasible. And I mean, just broadly, also you're not there just writing requirements or specifications for like a feature or you know, as a user, I want to do this. Like, it's not just that you're. You're doing so much more, as mm -hmm. you said, like even just to build those requirements, you're like always having those conversations. You need to be meeting with stakeholders, with like other folks around, like figuring out those kind of things. But then even besides writing requirements, you're also involved in so many different aspects of the product lifecycle with different people. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I would jump in for QAing so many times with like my QA team because, you know, product acceptance testing is happening or user research or design reviews or just generally like go to market plans like there's so much that you're doing right I feel like it speaks to like the kind of going back to like kind of the CEO of the product like you really are touching every single function of your product end to end from like user research all the way through to user acceptance testing all the way through to launch yeah. and the bugs that come out after launch and all the user feedback on their launch like you are end to end so you have this really broad understanding of this product yeah and then as you kind of dive deeper yes there's requirements but the requirements are really only a very small part of yeah. the kind of just the life of the product that you're managing. Yeah, I feel like good requirements come out of a PM being good in terms of like all the sort of collaborative work that comes before that. Like being strongly embedded and working with your team and like doing all the due diligence mm -hmm. is what leads to good requirements. Yeah. And writing those requirements is just a small part of it. It's like putting everything together yeah. into like... Um, a document that can be used to align everyone that you've already kind of spoken yeah. to and gotten some of that information yeah, from. That's a great way to put it. Like it really, uh, very, like maybe not. I would say like normally the requirements are written by someone else, and then the, I'm kind of like refining them or helping kind of clarify what is required by the subject matter experts, and then putting like the kind of special sauce of the PM, which is like the cross function, like the end to end vision of the product that you that only the PM would really know. Like what are the analytics requirements? What are the accessibility requirements? 
but that's more to like I feel like make myself feel special. Honestly, like eighty percent is just written by the subject matter expert and then collaborated on and then signed off on by yeah. everybody. I feel like it's everyone's kind of contributing. To that. Exactly. Um, exactly. And I think it again depends on, you know, the caveat is always there that it depends on the type of product and the type of org or company. Like you can have like that ratio mm-hmm. can be skewed. You might be writing oh, yeah, most 100%. of it, but it's not the only thing that you're doing. Like, you know, commonly out there, there's the myth that you just write requirements or specifications. Untrue. I don't think that's uh, definitely a myth. Yep. Yeah. I think uh, another one that we com- that comes up all the time, and it's like, do you have to go to school to write requirements? Do you need a certification? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, I didn't. We I feel like we covered that one on common questions also. But yeah, you're right. I think it's PMs need specific certifications or an MBA degree. You need an MBA degree to become a product yep. manager. And you see it. You see it very often. But I, the reality is, like, I feel like the like a lot of PMs are just like kind of technical or like kind of nerdy and they just like love getting deep into products and like that kind of thing. It's I feel like it's almost like a personality type mm-hmm. where like you just are really interested in product. You kind of naturally dissect product. You think about business use cases and you're like kind of think about this. And so you really don't need a certification or an MBA. And I don't, I think a lot of people get it maybe because they, the imposter syndrome is very strong in this role where you don't have anything to fall back on. You can't point to some piece of paper and be like, you see, Someone certified. I think that they think I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I think that there's definitely like an inclination to get certifications and make make it seem like you know what you're talking about. But the reality is, I think like a lot of PMs don't. You don't need anything. And it's. I, I feel like it's also part of the um, you know way that you can potentially um, sort of change or transition. And I think people use certifications um, and. MBA programs sometimes transition from mm-hmm. one of their fields into um, product management. Yeah, that's a great point. But again, like looking at it from backwards, like the end of the step, which is becoming a PM, having a certification or an MBA degree is not a hard requirement. It's mm-hmm. like I know a like shit ton of PMs who have no MBA. I would say most, maybe like ninety percent of PMs maybe, I know. Yeah. yeah, it's so true. Like you know, definitely don't need a certification or an MBA. I mean. I would say that they're good in one of those aspects, which is like if you want to really transition from, you know, one field to product management and you feel like you have not had the sort of experience or the skill sets that you would need and you want to go and pick Mm -hmm. those up, then I think like going through an MBA program, of course, there's so many more benefits to that. So this is not just one of them, but going through a program or going through a certification can help you feel more confident with your skill set, help you, you know, build out some of those projects, like get get a work portfolio together. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are aspects that it can help with. Yeah. Um, but I don't think anyone's sitting in like a recruiting office and be like, you know, I will not hire this person because they don't have a certification or an MBA degree. Yeah, yeah I'd agree. I would, I would say the caveat there is that a lot of bigger companies will kind of... Uh, What's a what's a right term like glass ceiling you like essentially you it's hard for you to get promoted if you don't have an MBA but those are mostly older companies really you think oh I, I mean know. I feel like it's I think that our previous employer had like every single leadership PM was uh had an MBA oh I don't think it's a coincidence but maybe it's uh, not I don't know I feel like it's um I sometimes I feel like you know right now it's more of like the reps you put in I think yours like yeah good work. Being a good PM, I mean, it's definitely changing. So, yeah. but I think, I think it depends on the company. Because even at like my current place, I see like 
basically everybody either has like a super successful startup that they founded, and that's what put them in the leadership position, or they have an MBA. Oh, interesting. So, but I think that's that's definitely like a bigger company thing. It's not uh, for smaller companies for normal PM positions. You don't need an MBA. I think it's only when you get into that leadership level. That's what makes it look. I think a little, it helps. I, I wouldn't say it's like a prerequisite. I think it's a I good. Guess, yeah, the percentage is so high. Is what I'm. But yeah, I think you're right. I think like ultimately, like performance is going to be the number one thing. Yeah. If you perform well, it doesn't matter if you have an MBA or not. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I'm curious if it's used as a proxy for your potential performance, maybe. But yeah. I don't know. I hope it's. I hope it's not the case. I, I also I can't like, imagine. Go- I think MBA is kind of losing its. Um, I don't know. Like I feel like a lot. Yeah, losing. I feel like a lot of people are now are kind of seeing that the ROI is not necessarily there. Like the opportunity cost of an MBA now is so high. If you're already a PM, I I think you're you're right. You're dead on. Like with a, it's really good for a career transition. But if you're already a PM, the ROI is probably not there because the opportunity cost of spending taking two years off of your career. Yeah. And two years of not getting of not moving towards a promotion, is a huge kind of uh, cost. Interesting. Yeah, but I mean. Kind of related to this one, you know, I just wanted to bring up another myth that we we see. Um, it's that the catch-22 of being a product manager, um, need to have PM experience to get into PM. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of related to needing a certification or having, mm-hmm. an, you know, I need an MBA uh, degree to get into this. And so, again, you do not, I mean... You do not need to have PM experience to get into PM. Well, I, it's not, I feel like most of the, a lot of the PMs that I work with were like biz ops, like strategy, like other business functions. I even know people who aren't. Oh yeah, customer support. I like I or like not even technical. Like I know someone who moved into product management from being like a a graphic designer. I think um, like a game company. Yeah, like a the, game you, studio. Literally, I think. Especially at companies like startups, like it's relatively, it's maybe a little bit easier to move into product because oftentimes there's someone, whoever the PM is, probably overworked and they can't write all the requirements. And if you kind of are able to step up, you can write some requirements, you're able to kind of think from the user perspective and kind of take on some of those PM roles. It's a lot easier to, to switch in. I also do, I do think it's more, it's also a function of, um, I guess, the size of a startup because, you know, there's also this, the other flip side of it, which is, as a startup, like you're so um, strapped for resources, mm-hmm. and or you're really trying to like execute at a level which can make or break your company, that you don't want to take the risk with someone that is um, not a seasoned PM. Yeah. So I, I do think it's there are like different stages. Um, I mean, there are I, I can imagine some startups like not wanting to take that risk and need yeah. someone who is. Well, it's, I think it's like one of those things where it's like a soft. It's like you're not actually you don't have the PM title. You're still a graphic designer. Yeah. But you're helping the PM out a lot, yeah. <laughs> and then you're kind of just like an honorary PM, and so then you're able. The startup is able to reduce the risk. Maybe they want to give you the title. Probably not. But then you're able to parlay that experience into like a PM role somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like you know, as you said earlier, like it's it's a personality type, or it's just you know someone who is interested in the skill set um, of being a PM, and I feel like. The role is so vast, and there's so much that you do there that you can borrow your skills from any domain that you've been in. Like, there's, mm-hmm. I feel like anything that I've done up till now is like a transferable skill when it comes yeah. to product management, and that's yeah. the best part about this role. Like, it is so general. It like, is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, like honestly, like I hate to say it, I'm not an f- expert on anything, but yeah, uh, but that's the reality. Like, that's the reality. I think it's also kind of a nice part about being a PM is like you're able to dabble in everything. Yeah, and whatever you dabble in ends up being helpful. 
Exactly. And whatever you've done before that, um, you know, it's, I think it comes down to, of course, um, telling the story really well in your interviews, like being able to connect the dots. Um, yeah. I, I guess, you know, what, what I'm saying here is that whatever your experience is, um, you know, it's important to be able to extract out those skill sets that are relevant and you will find it. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be hard. I don't want to, you know, like put a blanket statement on there that's saying, you know, it's easy. You can, any role can transition yeah. to PM. It is hard. Um, it's a tough sort of role to crack into, but it's a role that, you know, if the story is right, if you, if you connect the yeah, dots back. The story is uh, so, so yeah. critical. Because if you can weave a good story of how like, you're like caring about the user, how you're able to execute, you can. corral you can. the team. Yeah. Like it's so, it, I mean, if you're already interested in this, it's already like, it's, not, it's a story that kind of comes naturally. Yeah, and I would encourage like someone, if you're an aspiring PM, but you're not in a PM role right now, I'm pretty sure you would have like done work or, you know, the way you would have been thinking about your work would have already been influenced by how um, a product manager thinks. Like you would be thinking about some of the same problems and you would have been solving it your own way in your own sort of domain. Um, and those are the skills that you can transfer. So... You know, I I know people who have transitioned um, from different roles, um, but they were able to like look at the work that they were doing and tell that story. And yeah, you do not need to have PM experience to get into PM. Yeah, and I know people who have transitioned from like a completely different role into a senior senior PM position because of well, I think like, having strong principles. By definition, every PM is transitioning from some other role. That's true because there is no PM school, and it's not yeah, like, like that's true. And it, I think like. Coming out of college, I'd be going going into a PM is like it's very tough. Like they're very competitive, and not many companies want to give like millions of dollars worth of resources to a college kid. Yeah. So like often, like you're you're essentially starting in some other role and then transitioning into PM. Although there are now like APM, and I don't know if you've seen like there's a couple of programs that these universities are starting that are to like, actually teach product. I think they like you get like a I don't want to. I don't think it's a master's in product management, but there's like a... Oh, Stanford has a... Yeah, they have like a, a product management uh, course. Uh, those, yeah, or, I mean... Like, it's not a course. It's like a like maybe a six-week program. Like a track like, or like yeah, a it's like camp. a program for yeah. it. Yeah. But I feel like I've also recently seen actual programs that are dedicated for like... Yeah. Like a master's that leads you to a PM, which yeah. I... I'm very like doubtful. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, they're also trying to sell, right? Like everyone's <laughs> school yeah, is trying to sell because yeah, so true. many people want to be a PM. Yeah. So I think it's a good way to like sell students on the MBA, especially if the MBA demand is softening. Uh, well, shifting sort of gears into um, some of the uh, different aspects, um, what other myths come to mind? Um, I think kind of another one that we maybe briefly touched on is that PMs are only building what customers want. I think this oh, is yeah. like a very nuanced kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's also a little bit funny. I think a lot of times, I think a lot of people throw on these examples of like, what's that? What's the one? Like for, uh, I think Henry Ford was like, uh, if I asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. Yep. And it's like, I mean, there's a lot of these like examples you hear all the time, but I think the reality is like people are always telling you what they think is a solution to a specific problem. I think it's up to the PM to figure out what the root problem is. Yep. And then try to figure out what the solution is. Yeah, it's very rare. I feel like where a customers like you got to do this, and I'm like, "Yep, that's what we're gonna do." Yeah, that's definitely like one of those things that you hear a lot, which is product managers are only building what customers want. Um, and there's the there's the problem statement to look at, right? Like as you said, you 
you want to really focus on what's the problem you're trying to solve. But then there's also other sort of like stakeholders and business objectives that you're dealing with. Like, yes, it's important to build something that is closely tied to a good customer experience. Like you want to build something that is valuable for your members, for your customers, but you're also optimizing across what customers need and potentially some of your business objectives or other internal, um, you know, business needs. Like I could be building something that's really important from a security perspective um, or a privacy perspective. It might not be something that the customer needs, but mm-hmm. it's something that is important as a business. Yeah. And so I don't know, like, I don't you feel so like there's, it's not always just what customers want. It's like, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's always like, there's also what the business wants. <laughs> and ultimately yeah, yeah, what, also- what the business thinks is going to be better for the business is ultimately what, what wins. You uh, sometimes a lot of times there's a synergy with not a synergy, but there's a you know it works well with the, the user, right? The user requests something means the business will get more money from by essentially providing that, and then the business will provide that. But in some cases, in a lot of cases, the business is going to prioritize himself because they are worried about uh, maybe the customers are going to leave faster. Maybe it makes it easier for them to to leave their platform, right? There's a lot of kind of business often leads leads away. Yeah. Especially when it comes to sales, especially when it comes to yeah. protecting the revenue, protecting the moat, building the wall. But um, you know, the ideal case is that we're we're doing what the customers want. That's in line with the business. Yeah, yeah. I- ideal case is we're making everyone happy. Yep. Um, and um, you can't make everyone happy. Is yeah. There's always a compromise. Yeah. Meet in the middle, so that everyone's is... equally unhappy. Well, it's a great segue to another myth that we hear a lot, which is, you know. You need to keep all stakeholders happy, like all stakeholders are top priority. Yeah, you just got to make sure they're not super angry. Yeah. Like, There's a lower bar <laughs> yeah, to make, I think, yeah. make them all happy. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like I've kind of accepted this. Like, I try my best, but there's always one function or like one group of stakeholders that I will let down. But I think your point is, is it's not making them happy, but it's like not getting them like super mad. Like, super they're still going to help you. Maybe just begrudgingly. Yeah. So I mean, that, I think that's, you know, I I don't know why. Like I went in and I I read this online. Is just that your job is to like manage all stakeholders, keep them all happy, and you know, top priority. That's not going to happen. Nope. It's um, no. It's it's uh, different levels of happiness <laughs> with uh, making sure that no one's going to cut you off from yeah, from exactly. their support. Oh. Like they're they're still going to read your PRDs. They're still going to sign off. They just might be. Uh, they might you have to, might have to like bother them a few more times. <laughs> that's true, but I mean, you know, it's uh, that's the nature of the game. That's what being a PM is. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the last one for this episode that I I want to touch about, and we again, you know, we touched upon this in one of the previous myths um, as well, which is PMs are just writing requirements specifications. You know, we we talked about that one, and then there's another one kind of related to it, which is as a PM. Once the feature is launched, you're done. Yeah, we like, can we can dream, Parv. We can dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like launch it and then leave. Yeah, take a vacation. Take a vacation, go out, enjoy, move on to the next project. And so everyone's like, as a PM, you're just like, you know, it's it's manifested in so many different manners. Like as a PM, you're constantly just delivering or you're building or, you know, you launch and move on to the next thing, which I don't know, I feel like that's, I think that's a myth that I would want to bust. Uh, yeah, that's that's not true. Normally, you launch it, and then a bunch of stuff comes up that you didn't realize, and then you got to fix it. 
And then people were, were asking for all these features that you had to deprioritize. And then you start working on the, the deprioritized things. And then yeah, next thing you know, it's a year later and uh, you're still working on the same feature. Yeah. And there's also the entire sort of um, analysis that goes into a product right, right after launch. Like you, you've launched something, but then, you know, you had hypotheses with mm-hmm. which you launched it. You had metrics that you associated with it. Then there's all these sort of follow up, like, analysis and the understanding of the data, look at how your features performing. Like, as you said, like deep, you know, you had things that were deprioritized, like based on what you've built, what is out there in the market, like feedback that you're getting in, like how do you reprioritize the set of things that you did not do? Is the like product even performing the way it should have like, yeah, you all know, the all the post-launch analysis. Yeah. Everyone kind of wringing their hands over the things that it's not quite doing that it's supposed to be doing. Or how it's impacting something else that they yeah, had not. That they didn't expect. Exactly. Like, I don't know about you, but for me, I actually have the most fun after the product mm. has launched. Like, I really love, like, I think okay, also like, like, like going in and say, it's, of course, gratifying to see what you've launched. Like, that's always yeah. a piece. I know we talked about delayed gratification, but trying to see, like, okay, did this actually have an impact? Like, what's it what's it doing yeah. out there? Like, like, were all the things I said right? Or was yeah. I just bullshitting the whole yeah, time? Was, did I just make up everything <laughs> yeah. and was it completely f- flawed? But um, you're right, like, it's, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, you know. Because um, you don't get much. Boosting your ego. Yeah, you don't, yeah, yeah, boosting your ego, like, finally got everything right. Or you see everything was wrong this year with yeah. prediction. You're like, okay, I got to, like, ch- optimize all this for the next yeah. thing. Not going to make that mistake again. But it, it's fun. It's fun to, like, sort of dive into that. But again, you you just don't move on after launch day. Like, mm-hmm. there is a lot of stuff that's happening. Yeah. Um, feedback, analysis, like, um, you know, figuring out what needs to happen next, like potential marketing plans that are connected to going live and, and a lot of different things. Um, so again, like definitely it's not build and move on. It's it's build. And I it is such a famous, like you see all those diagrams, like build, learn, iterate, right? It's, yeah. it's a constant cycle. Yeah, the launch is the beginning in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah, the launch is, uh, is the beginning. But yeah, I think, I don't know, we, we covered a lot of myths. Um, but there's think, a lot more out there. But I think this is a good, yeah. good start. It's a good start. Potentially um, could be a part two of this episode as, as you know, um, we try and tackle more of these. Again, if there are others that listeners can think of, if there are myths that you've heard of, like feel free to share that with us. We'd love to sort of tackle those or talk about them in future episodes. But yeah, I think, I think that was a good list. Um, cool. I think it was a good list. Yeah. Good chat. Awesome. Thanks, Alex. Thanks. We'll see you on the next one.